everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode I'm joined with Carla Popescu. Hi Carla. Hi, thank you for having me. No worries at all, it's so lovely to have you on. Um, Just a little background story for the listeners. I did have Carla on, like we did record an episode quite a few months ago now, Um, but as a, I'd say like, yeah, we decided to re-record before kind of putting it out just because a lot has changed in Carla's life <laughs> um and yeah I don't know like I didn't want to put something out that wasn't I say like super up to date and there might be new thoughts new feelings just things like that I think it's important so we are back and I really hope you enjoy this episode I'm sure you will um so without further ado let's get straight on into it so Carla um let's go we're going to start with a quick fire round um just so the listeners can get to know you a bit get to know you a bit better how old are you I'm 17 17 and where are you studying and you can also mention like your past study like where you've studied yeah so I started ballet in Romania but then I moved to Dresden at the Palooka University then I moved back home again. Afterwards, I went to English National Ballet School for a year, which was last year. And currently, I'm in New York City, training at Ellison Ballet. Amazing. Um, yeah, so quite that's a lot of moving around, um, but we'll get into that and your journey and all that stuff in a bit. Um, what point shoes do you wear? So I'm currently wearing Gainer Minden, but I'm like in the search for new places because of the European ones don't really work for me. So okay. Gainers, but in the future, who knows? Interesting. I have seen a few things floating about in the sense that the European ones aren't really, no, you know, they're, not the, they're not the same. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I don't wear Gainer Minden, so it doesn't affect me. <laughs> um what's your favorite leotard so to be honest since I saw your Instagram post I've been fangirling over the imperfect points leotards Mm -hmm. so I'm not gonna lie I have two that are coming to New York so I can't wait to to wear them (laughs) which ones which ones have you ordered I have the Marseille one which Mm -hmm. you have I love the Marseille one the white and blue like ombre one Mm, nice so pretty I'm just so excited to that I love them they are definitely one of my favorite leotards like I'm just really happy with the quality on them and how they fit and I was trying on a similar leotard I was actually trying on I don't want to um bad mouth the brand but it was like a, a US brand it's quite popular like everyone knows her but um and that I tried on a style that was very similar to the Marseille and I was like what is this fit I was just like, I tried on two like very different sizes because they were just in the clearance bin. I was like, I'll just try them both. Um, and they were so like weird. Like 
they were really low cut the leg elastic was like not at a flattering like point on the body and then like one size was it was like the large was really oh it was really I don't even know how to explain but it was very similar and then like cut was cutting under the armpit I was like what is this I was like this is like who were they making this for like a five-year-old like I don't know and it just wasn't doing it for me so like I really hope I, I'm sure you will enjoy your imperfect points there Tab. 100% sure I'm gonna love and, them <laughs> yeah I'm in love with the new collection as well. Um, I literally want to buy every single one, but I'm restraining. Um, <laughs> um, okay, let's go on to what's your favourite choreography that you've either learnt um, and performed on stage or you've learnt and you haven't been able to perform it, whatever. So a few years ago, I had the opportunity to dance the solo from Manon mm-hmm. for a festival in Italy. And... Obviously, I think I wasn't as mature, but that variation is going to stay in my heart forever. And hopefully one day, fingers crossed, Mm. I'll be able to perform it with the company. Um, But that's like a very special dance that I would love to be able to perform again one day. Nice. No, yeah. Manon is a nice, is a lovely ballet. Um, yeah, that sounds amazing. I haven't learned the, I don't know the variation, but it is a, yeah. Um, let's go on to what is your favorite food? Okay, since moving to New York City, I am a fan of bagels. Yes. It's so yummy here. I don't know, maybe it's the water. Maybe they say what they're saying is true, but there's so much better here. It's a bit insane, but everything but the bagel with cream cheese, mm. everything everything mm. I feel like a New York ba- bagel is such like a classic kind of it like is. New York food and it just makes me think of like Emma Chamberlain's vlogs <laughs> I can eat a bagel <laughs> in a bagel everything you need I love it I'm I want to I want that I want to try that um one day yeah. nice okay let's go on into like the main bulk of the episode um so let's just rewind and go back to your like the start of your training and growing up and what kind of made you go into ballet or dance was it one you know were you doing multiple styles were you focusing on ballet um and like that journey and then yeah yeah so I basically started ballet when I was around three but it was nothing serious it was more for fun and also you know, it's it's in my country, it's always like it's good for a girl to dance a little when she's young because she's going to be graceful and joyful. So and also I had a lot of energy as a child. So it was like natural for me to go into ballet. And then I started to do a little bit of jazz, you know, what every other child would do when they're young. Mm-hmm. But as I was getting older, I started to love it more and more. And at some point, my parents were trying to like, calm me down, like, okay, you did ballet, but, you know, let's do something else. Let's focus on school. Um, Because I also, uh, I was also very active academically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were trying to say like, you've done this, but let's move on. Mm -hmm. But I started to love it more and more that I could not stop and I didn't want to stop. So when I was, I think, 10, I moved to a vocational school in Bucharest. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So I was doing both like academic and ballet. And then just because, you know, the environment wasn't the one that I, it would be like, it wouldn't be very beneficial for a child. After a summer intensive in Dresden, I, the director saw me and he asked me to audition for the school. Obviously I was so excited. I was 12, I think at that time. So I auditioned, I got a full scholarship and I needed, the audition was on Saturday and the school was starting on Monday. And the director was like, okay, come on, you're coming on Monday. And I was with my dad and my dad was like, okay, you see my wife doesn't know that Carla got accepted. And she would like Carla to stay back home in Romania, but I was so happy for the opportunity. And this, the school there felt so safe. It just yeah. felt like a good place to grow as an artist and as a, like a human being. Mm -hmm. So after I talked with my parents, they were like, okay, we think you can do this. It's not that far, it's Germany. Mm -hmm. So I moved to Dresden and I studied there for a year. That was that school was, in my opinion, one of the best places a child can be because it is like hard, it's difficult, but at the same time, you don't lose this like love and passion for dance. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of children get burned out if they are very young because of this constant pressure from the outside and even the pressure that they put on themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that me being there for a year helped me into having this sort of mindset of um, being okay with not being at your best because we're all at a different stage in our lives and you shouldn't necessarily compare, but you should be inspired by others. So after I moved back home, I needed to take a lot of like academic exams. That's, this is what was like one of the main reasons. Mm -hmm. It was a bit sad, but you know, you had to do it. So I moved back home, but then the environment was slightly worse than it was before. And I was in a very like dark place with myself. And I just, I was like losing the reason why I was dancing because of the toxic competitions and you know all of those um just bad influences i would say mm -hmm. that on me uh thankfully enough after two years i was able to switch teachers i met one of the most incredible teachers back home she helped me to like get back on my feet and you know start fighting again and i was able to find the passion that I had for ballet. Um, but then I got injured a day before the performance of our summer performance. Um, yeah, it was 11 of June, I still remember. I tore my ACL during the rehearsal. And that was like, I took like two steps forward and then I took five, six, five steps back, if that makes any sense. But, you know, it was very difficult because I couldn't walk. I couldn't stretch my leg. I was like on my bed. That, that was all I could do. So I was really like wondering, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. Before, I never like really dealt with 
a very severe injury Mm -hmm. it was more like the mental health that was putting me off but now my body was like no you cannot (laughs) like hello so you know when I got injured I was thinking am I going to be able to dance again it's going to take a long time to recover from this because it's quite a severe injury you know it's nothing very like minimal so to recover I think it took me to fully get back to dancing it was from June till December Mm -hmm. so it was like quite a long break and everyone was wondering if I'm going to be able to get back because you know dealing injury is never easy because you see everyone else improving or doing a summer intensive or doing a performance and you're just sitting there like, okay, but when am I gonna get to do this? Mm. And injuries in ballet, they're always like, oh, if you get injured, we're not, we're not, you're not good for us anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if you're fit, you're good. If you're not, then you're out. But I had my family and friends and my teacher and we sort of found like a goal for me to get back. And that was the Tanto Limp in Berlin, mm-hmm. in which was, if I look back, was a bit crazy to do because I only started like point and jumping in December and the competition was early February. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I think that was so good for me because I was working towards something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, having something on my mind, like, I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to put my blood, sweat, and tears to get this. Even if I'm not going to win anything, it's just me being back on stage, you know, feeling that feeling back, knowing why why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. So I worked for two months like I never worked before. I was was going crazy. I was doing... (laughs) I was doing classes I was doing Pilates I was going back to rehab it was insane and I wouldn't necessarily recommend it because everyone has a different way of coping with things especially with injuries they're like very personal but for me I just needed something to work towards and then I got to tensile limb and then usually I'm like quite good with competitions and like stage pressure mm-hmm. I needed to dance the my first variation, which was Kitri. I I was frozen. <laughs> I was like, um, am I gonna break my leg on stage? Am I gonna fall? Mm. It was this has never happened to me. I think maybe some of the listeners who have been injured can relate to this. Mm-hmm. But coming back, I think at some point it's harder mentally than physically because your body can be prepared but sometimes you're still scared and you are constantly asking what if what if but I you know I did it anyway I don't really remember a lot to be honest I was Mm. just I was excited but scared but I did it anyway it was actually one of the best competitions I've ever did Um, weirdly enough Um, maybe because I wanted it so badly. Mm -hmm. But um, after the competition, I got two scholarships in my surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I got accepted into the Royal Ballet School in London. And then 
at the academy in München, mm -hmm. but I also got a scholarship for English National Ballet School. So after the Tanzalim, we got back home, trained for another month, and then the lockdown happened. Yeah. So when things slowly to work out for me suddenly they didn't anymore so I was like okay we're back to minus one not even start it's minus one again mm -hmm. so you know in back home the situation with COVID wasn't looking too well so I was talking to my teacher we decided that maybe it would be better for me to move to London mm -hmm. because it's like part of big school and to be honest, like the name matters these days. Like if you're from like a small company, even if you're like amazing, the name would still matter. So I moved to London for a year. I trained there and the school was very like supportive of us, especially during COVID. But um, I kind of deep down knew that it wasn't exactly what I was hoping it would be okay because I was expecting the training to be more like physical like way harder at a higher level and I would like at the end of the day I do remember I would go back home I would drink my tea and I'll be like this is not I'm not improving you know I would be taking some time to like reflect and I'll be like I don't think this is the right option for me mm -hmm. it might work for others but I need to be honest with myself and I need of to turn up to realize if something works or doesn't so I from like the after the second term I was like okay I don't think I will be able to come back next year because I just want more I think I can do more and while I do love everyone there I think it wasn't the right fit for me and that's fine like never feel guilty or pressured to stay in a school if already in there like there are so many schools there are so many opportunities don't feel stuck in a place mm. if you know deep down that's not the right path for you so I auditioned for Ellison and to be honest, I, my expectations weren't that high. Mm -hmm. I thought I'm quite old. I'm also in my final year of high school. So if I would have went back home in a way, I have so many exams. It's okay if, you know, I don't get in and mm -hmm. I'm going to at home. Audition for companies. It's going to be fine. Like I'm going to be fine. I chose this and I know deep down that I'm going to be grateful one day for this. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember I got the email from Ellison. I think it was 1 a.m. back home because mm -hmm. of the events. And I started crying when I Aww. saw it. I was like, oh, my God, no, I don't think I'm going to be able to go. It's way too far. Realistically speaking, it's so, so far. It's not like moving to a different city like I did before. It's like another continent. Mm. It's something else. Yeah. But, um, you know, next day, I, my parents didn't know, actually. I didn't know how to tell them that I want to move to New York City by myself at 17. So it took me like a few hours to like figure out how to put it in a nice way to convince them that I can do this. 
Um, but at the beginning, they were a bit like, okay, but you're so young. Like, you cannot move to New York City when you're 17. Like, New York City is, it's not like it is in movies. <laughs> like, you don't know how it is. Um, but I think they realized that this is one of the biggest opportunities in my life. Mm. So they told me, okay, you can go, like, we're going to support you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like it, if it's, if, if it's not right for you, come back home anytime. Like, don't think just because you moved, you know, you, you have to stay there. Mm. But as soon as I started here, I just felt this, this, I don't know, everything clicked in a way. Like it is intense. It is difficult. At the end of the day, I'm like, I'm, I'm passing out. I'm dead. But, uh, you know, like I can see the results and everything that they're doing here is for, for you to become the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think this sort of environment works best for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that I took this leap of faith, honestly, moving to New York City, I realized, I think two weeks after what I've done, because it's insane. Mm. Um, not like not everyone can adjust this quickly or at all, even to like moving or like even language barriers. Yeah. And that's, okay. that's completely fine. Like it's normal. We're all different, but you know, sometimes I think you just need to believe in yourself and like have faith in what your gut is saying your first instinct if it says no it's no if it says yes and go for it 1000 percent. it's always better to say okay I've tried then what if I would have gone there Mm. so you know if the listeners would want to take anything from my little story is that if there's something they want to believe in it's themselves and they should always trust themselves with everything because they know themselves the best and what works for them and don't ever care about what others might say about you know your actions because you only need to understand yourself and that's the most important thing in life yeah no I love that it's so (laughs) I love that it's so interesting to hear um I guess like your journey and there's so much like there's so much to unpack um I want to go back a bit especially because I know that when we recorded this episode before we talked we did talk a lot about like the fact that you like how old were you when you went to Dresden like you were young yeah I was 12 I think 11 12 okay yeah so you moved away from home at 12 to go live on your own not many people do that (laughs) at all (laughs) even in ballet like what was that like you know you're moving from Romania to Germany at like a very young age we've got language barriers we've got going into full-time training for the first time looking after yourself what has that taught you um but also just like what was that like because it obviously wasn't easy but I think it's I don't know. Yeah. How has that been? What has that taught you um, about anything? 
it was definitely a bumpy road not like not everything was smooth you know mm -hmm. it's not everything like pink and like glitter and nice it was difficult um, yeah because I was a kid I was so young and you know I've never even like even during like summer camps or such I was only away for a week or two max mm -hmm. and suddenly I was far away from my family I didn't really know how to cook, how to do the dishes, to sew my shoes. So I had to adjust quite quickly. You know, I was the youngest one living mm -hmm. uh, by myself there. Most of the students were like at least 15. Okay. They were from Germany as well. So, you know, when I moved, I had no knowledge of any German whatsoever. Mm. Um, which was also very insane of me if I look back, but <laughs> <laughs> the academic school as well, I was, everything was in German, like everything. And even my English back then, I'm not saying now it's good, but I don't think it was very decent. So it was very interesting to see how much I wanted it, like how far I would go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have this like little notebook with me that I wrote like little sentences like I don't know can you repeat what did you say but in German and mm -hmm. if I would understand something I would point out the little like sentence <laughs> it was so funny but I think at the end of the day you to grow you need to get out of your comfort zone in a way I think you need to overcome those fears because I was scared I was terrified yeah I didn't want to show it to my parents because I knew especially my mom would be like you're so young you're gonna stay with me no no she's not going mm. but I knew that I need to be brave for for myself and for my future and I wanted to prove myself mm -hmm. that I'm young but, but let me show you what I've got in me mm. like okay you're gonna see me I'm gonna I'm gonna handle everything mm. It is difficult, even like as a 16 year old, even now as a seven year old in New York City. But I think because I was so young, I developed this very strong mentality. I was I was like an adult. I was doing everything by myself, groceries, everything. Mm. I think this is this was so good for me. And that's maybe one of the reasons why. I have this sort of mindset about putting yourself first mm -hmm. because you matter the most in your life. Yeah. So yes, it was difficult. The language barrier was probably one of the hardest. I had to learn to do everything. I was on Skype with my parents. I was burning all of the food. I was the clothes the white clothes would become black because I had no idea how to wash them oh. it, it was it, it was funny to watch mm -hmm. but it was so stressful but if I did it I think so many others can it's mm -hmm. you have to push yourself to do it because if you're gonna see yourself in the situation you have to deal with it you're gonna deal with it mm don't really wonder that much and just put yourself okay I can do this I'm gonna do this mm -hmm. I'm gonna 
show them that I'm strong and I'm going to be able to do whatever I want to do. Yeah, no, it's so interesting and crazy to hear. Um, I was a little child, I know. Yeah, no, I mean, like, did the school support, like, give you any support when it came to, like, looking after yourself? So at the boarding school, we had, uh, there was one person there, mm-hmm. like, that would, in case we were, like, sick or we would need to go to the doctor, they would be there for us. Okay. Um, but, like, and like, cooking-wise or washing-wise, you were, you would be doing it by yourself. Mm. So it wasn't like they were there, but at the same time, you had to do it by yourself because there were so many kids out there mm. that it was impossible for them to help everyone. Mm. So it was more, you know, you know, you can do it. You can do it. So I had to do it. So yeah. I did. Yeah. You d- obviously didn't have a choice. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. there isn't that choice, but I, I don't know. Like, I just think oh my god like I don't know I feel like there should have been more support especially if it's a school that's like people paying fees for like did you were you there on scholarship yeah I was there on a full scholarship yeah. so really paying anything yeah for but like my- people would be other students were paying yeah. yeah because I oh my like I don't know like if I was like a parent of a pay, child who's paying and I was sending my kid off and they weren't getting the support like getting looked after at 12 I don't think I'd be very happy, um, which is kind of, I don't know, but it's crazy. But obviously at that same time, like it's a challenge for the kid, but it also, it put like, like literally everything you've just said, you know, it's put, it puts you out of your comfort zone. You've been able to grow and learn from it. um, And it has made you independent in that sense and able to kind of look after yourself. Um. But it is, I don't know, it's difficult. And I think I'm sure there's people that will be listening that will be like, oh, my God, like, that's so bad. And I think <laughs> to a degree it is kind of bad because, like, you're literally still a kid. Um, but, again, you know, these things happen to us. They're things that we experience and they make us, like, who we are. It's not something we're not going to go back and be like, oh, let's just, like, change that because we can't. Um, and, you know, like you said, you've been able to learn so much from that experience. And that has probably made you feel more comfortable and confident with the idea of moving countries, moving continents, because not many people would do that either. Um, So, yeah. So it's interesting to hear. Um, Kind of going on to, I guess, like then you'll move to EMBS. What was that like during covid and kind of talk, I don't know, like just that experience um, and the decisions that you kind of went through to decide that it wasn't the right place for you to stay on for the second year. And, kind, you know, with that idea of moving, like I know that from experience, like I've had those thoughts, but kind of never fully acted on them because I couldn't find like a big enough reason to be like, okay, I'm going to move. Um, but also it was just... I'd say pretty late notice in like the academic year. Um, But yeah, like I'm intrigued to hear all your thoughts about that experience and being like, okay, you know, and then when you did apply to Ellison and, you know, go through that audition um, process, were there other schools that you were looking at? 
were you looking at other schools in the UK, in Europe, or what, you know, what was that whole process like? Yeah, so definitely this type of decision can affect the direction of your life, basically. Mm. It is very important. It's like a university, you know, choice. It's it's a big deal in the ballet world. And at the beginning, you know, everything started like slowly because of lockdown, previous lockdowns. And we had the winter showcase. Um, I took part of it. It was, you know, we worked with an incredible choreographer. Um, but then um, the UK went into another lockdown because of the cases. Um, we did online classes on Zoom. They did the most they could to be honest. You know, they we had ballet classes, we did Pilates, strength and conditioning. Like they really tried to keep uh keep us active really and not really think about the fact that we're stuck at home again mm-hmm. with a one by one Marley that you can barely dance on. Mm-hmm which from that point it's it's very good because I don't know how other schools would handle this type of situation but I can assure you that they did that very well Mm -hmm. but as we got back into the school you know I started to really focus on how I was feeling about everything Mm -hmm. uh, because it is a big decision you know staying away from home it's something that you really need to think about. So I started to analyze, you know, the pros and cons of staying there for the next year and potentially two years to graduate from the school. Mm-hmm. But I realized that, you know, I was previously trained the Vaganova style and there was the British style, like English style. Mm-hmm. So that was also you know, one of the things that started this sort of conversation okay. with Mm-hmm. because I thought maybe this style is not really for me maybe because I've been trained this way for so many years mm-hmm. maybe I should just finish my studies you know like that but yeah. um, it's the decision I took I took it after like months of thinking like yeah. I didn't tell my parents until I was 1000% sure mm-hmm because I just didn't want it to be like oh I don't like it anymore I'm gonna I just Mm -hmm. really want to think about it through you know be so sure of my decision that nothing would change it so the training that I used to get back home was very like rigorous we did a lot of ballet you know and I could feel I was improving constantly and I was challenged you know during the Mm -hmm. class it's always about this comfort zone yeah. I always feel comfortable with where you're at mm-hmm. That's for you like you need to push yourself and if nobody is pushing you you're gonna push more mm-hmm. you know so you know in London I always felt very comfortable mm-hmm. you know I wasn't struggling I wasn't feeling like oh I'm gonna like die my calves are dying or you know I just wasn't struggling at all. You know, it's not like struggling to the point of I'm going to die. It's too much, but just like a little bit of struggle. So, you know, you're like working towards something to improve, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
But, um, you know, after months, I was like, okay, I need to really think about this because this is going to influence the way my life is going to turn out. Mm -hmm. And I need to decide what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Do I want to get somewhere where I wanted to originally or do I want to stay in my comfort zone and you know I was happy don't get me wrong I was happy I was living an incredible life in London but I came there for ballet you know that's why I moved from Romania I came to London to do ballet Mm -hmm. and I wasn't doing as much ballet as I wanted to you know so I decided, okay, I know this is going to seem very interesting to leave English National Ballet School. Like, people are going to give me some dirty looks. But I know deep down that 10, not even 10, but like five years from now, and I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, damn, this kid had some courage Mm. for her, you know? So you know, balancing everything, the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. I knew that for me to grow and to be happier with myself, like dance wise, I had to leave. So I left and I got back home. Mm -hmm. I started to train by myself because, you know, the situation was still in a weird uh, position. So I was just like renting a studio. I would train for like two or three hours. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to like get back into my old ritual of like pushing and sweating so much and just, you know, getting this like good fatigue, like muscle fatigue. Like you can tell the muscles were, you know, tired because they were worked. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was like my reassurance point. I was like, yeah, I made the right decision. Like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, even it's gonna look weird, it's you know it's good. Mm-hmm. So I only auditioned really for Ellison um because I wasn't really I was originally even planning on auditioning for companies this year anyway. So I thought I'm just gonna audition for Ellison really. And if it's not gonna happen, then that's fine. I'm gonna train back home because the training back home is very good. It's very like strong. Um, but when I got accepted into Ellison, that was just like a sign from the universe, if you will, Mm. that I made the right choice that I, deep down, I knew that something better was coming my way. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, you know, so happy that I had the courage to do what so many people maybe don't do because of their, because they're scared for change really mm. you should never be scared for that change is always good for you you know you're only gonna learn and you should always see the positive part like even me like leaving London I still look back and think about all the good things that I've learned you know um so in from this whole story I would say try to really look from like a third person perspective from like on the situation and really think if it's good or not for you and if you think it's not really good then make something like 
act on it and do something about it and change it because you're going to be grateful that you did that. Yeah, it's really interesting kind of hearing that story um, and just, yeah, like moving to New York's a big deal. Going to, um, obviously, if you don't feel comfortable answering this question, like it's completely fine. Um, but like thinking about maybe my situation and I'm sure many other dancers' situations, financially moving to New York is a big thing, right? Um and I don't know, like how is that something like your parents have been able to support you with like the training and like the living situation and like all that to Ellison provide any funding or any like scholarship, like kind of with that, because in the sense of like I'm sure there'll be people at schools who are listening who may not be completely happy and I completely agree with the fact of you know you need to be in a school in a training environment where you I say comfortable but you feel that you're able to work yourself you feel you can go in every day and you're you know not living in fear you're not hating the environment you're not feeling like it's making you hate ballet even more because that's not what people, you know, you don't want to be in that environment. Um, and I'm sure there's people who may be on scholarship at a, at a school and maybe financially they can't, you know, just, I say, like they can't make that decision of leaving if they are not happy. And I think that's, I don't know, like I like, I think it's important to kind of like obviously like like acknowledge that's a situation that dancers do experience. Um, So obviously like, you know, but it's, yeah, I think it's interesting and I kind of want to try and talk about this more in like episodes just because it is a big thing when it comes to training. Um, So, yeah. It's definitely, um, you know, a challenge Mm -hmm. for the can't really afford to move to another school Mm. I am lucky enough that I'm on a scholarship because there would have been no way my parents could have afforded okay because yeah because it's it's way too much for us Mm. so you know thankfully I am on a scholarship so I am paying the rent and the food so basically Mm -hmm. what I'm consuming but um, you know, all of the schools that I've been to, I was on a scholarship. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been able to attend them otherwise, yeah. you know. And yeah, th- there needs to be more like transparency when it comes to this subject for sure, because, you know, it can be so unfair for those who are talented, but they genuinely cannot afford to yeah. go to a school. Like it's the reality and mm. to speak about it because. You, you can't do really much about it. Like you can raise some funding, but it's probably not going to be enough. Mm. But, um, you know, I am so grateful that my parents are, you know, supporting me and mm-hmm. like, you know, they are there for me. Mm. Um, if I would not have had this scholarship, I don't think I would have been able mm-hmm. to move to New York City because, you know, it's quite an expensive place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I can imagine I'm not gonna lie Mm. but uh, 
you know, if I've always like knowing that I can't really afford to like just go there in any mm-hmm. school, but I need to like get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. I've always had that thought in my mind. And I knew I need to work twice as hard mm-hmm. to get in there to be able to go there. Mm-hmm. So I was always like constantly pushing myself because I wanted to get places, but I knew that if I want to get there, I just need to be so good that they, they're going to give me a scholarship. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you don't get a scholarship, let's say this year and you can't afford it, don't worry, like mm. go back, train, don't, don't think about it, train, do what you know, do mm. your best and doing your best. I'm sure it's going to you're going to be so satisfied with yourself that the result is going to come sooner than later, but it's going to come. Mm-hmm. So don't be stuck in a negative position, in a negative, don't think about the negative, like, why did not get in? You should think, I'm going to get in next year. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be getting stronger, better, and they're going to think, oh, why didn't I get that person last year? What, what happened? Mm-hmm. So try to always see the positive side mm-hmm. I'm not saying to completely neglect the negative side but always see like the full part of the glass and not the empty one mm. no definitely and thank you for like I guess like being transparent about that um and it's something that yeah like I said I want to talk more about because I mean I will be mention this talking about this in an episode but even just like moving to where I am now like if this the situation that I'm in now if I had this had happened straight after out of school it would have been a lot more difficult if that makes sense um because like this whole overlooked at the last year and a half I've been able to work and save money so it's like being such a like it's crazy to kind of like see the differences um in that sense um but it's it's really difficult and I think don't be yeah people that are listening um who maybe like are in maybe not the most comfortable financial position and you are some a dancer who relies on a scholarship to train just you have to just keep working and if it doesn't happen the first time round, you know there is multiple options kind of for funding nowadays and exactly like you just said to you know keep pushing try again the next year um but that feeling of feeling like you have to work like harder than other people to get that you know because it's not only just a space in the school you're trying to get you're trying to get a space in the school and be one of the selected for a scholarship because you know each place only has a set certain like pot of money essentially um but yeah, it's really it's great that you're you've able to m- make that move and you're you know you got a scholarship and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, just looking back on my notes. Um, have there been what when it comes to like your overall training? Um, have there been any? I guess like obstacles that have been you know difficult maybe more like mental struggles or just 
feelings throughout your whole like vocational training but also I'm intrigued to know like how has that changed since moving to New York has the training made it like had an effect on how you like you feel about whatever um I'm not sure that makes sense but it's kind of vague (laughs) um so you know because I've trained in so many places I can like compare them in a way um but I've definitely struggled with like a toxic environment um because you know even like the teacher like let's say giving corrections it can be in like a positive let's get you better but also in a very like no you're worthless you cannot do this you're not gonna get anywhere yeah that's where I was at when I was so young which is so sad and it's you know it shouldn't be that way but I'm sure it has happened to many people Mm -hmm. because so many teachers out there in a way they just want to bring you down because this gives them some sort of satisfaction for some reason but uh, I have struggled with you know this sort of very bad place of you know not knowing what I want to do because I wasn't liking ballet anymore because of this toxic like competition and environment and you know ballet like even with your classmates you can have a healthy competition Mm -hmm. so you can grow together you know get younger get better together but when this sort of like toxic environment comes like why can't she do that and you cannot Mm -hmm. why can't she like that and you're not um it can affect you quite severely especially when you're young because you you just take everything the way they say it mm-hmm. so, you know even though I was very mature for my age I was still very affected by yeah. harsh words and like things that the teachers did um but as I was getting older I started to you know realize what's good and what I should take and what's bad and what I should just like throw mm-hmm. away way so you know like right now here in New York City you know the teachers are harsh but you can tell they want what's best for you Mm -hmm. wanted it in like a very good way Mm it's it's very how should I put this (laughs) (laughs) um it's constructive really Mm -hmm that's the best way to put it like the advice is constructive Mm -hmm. it's not to tell you oh you're terrible you're not gonna make it we're sorry um it's not gonna happen it's more you should work on this and this to get stronger so then that is gonna get better Mm -hmm. so I think you know you need to be aware of the differences because the correction might be the same, but the way they say it, the way they put it might be different. And even if you don't realize and you're like subconsciously, it's going to affect you long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely struggle with like mental health issues because of, you know, how toxic the teacher yeah. is, um, which unfortunately it is so common in this mm-hmm. art form, but we should not normalize this like mm-hmm need to be as healthy and as fit as possible 
to be the best version of ourselves really 100% agree um yeah I think that's like the other thing if you're like a dancer who's like grown up in like quite a toxic environment it really like it stays with you um and I think that's why like training and like decide I don't know how to explain it but like that's why teacher training is so important um especially teachers who are wanting to train younger dancers and you know the parents being aware of the environment they're putting their child in um and yeah like the more I hear people about people's experiences and the more just like I reflect back on my own it like it literally so it's so important um but it's not like I'm happy for you that you're in like a good environment an environment that you feel pushed but you also feel supported because I think it's you want that that you want those two because you need to keep pushing forward you know being comfortable like we've talked about that's not what isn't that's not what is going to give you the growth that you need and you know the ballet is such a saturated kind of um I say community environment it's full of super talented people from all around the world and everyone's working so hard and there's just like what you know what is that thing that's going to get you the job how are you going to you need to like be the best that you can you know to put that foot forward when you're wanting like looking to get work because it's you know it's difficult enough as it is <laughs> but you want to be you want to feel prepared going into that and if you you come from an environment that maybe you don't feel like you've been pushed and supported um you won't feel like you know you're able to progress progress onto the next step um it's always about like a healthy balance yeah you need to know when pushing you need to know when you need to yeah step back Mm -hmm. so you know thankfully I'm just so incredibly lucky that I found this at Ellison Mm -hmm. I was very desperate I was reaching a point where I was like I don't know what's happening but I want to do ballet but I don't know where to do ballet you know like I want to do a lot and I want to feel pushed and I want to feel safe you know and I'm like over the moon happy like I don't there's no word that can explain how happy I am that I found the place here in New York City because mm-hmm. you know it's just like after all of this you know like sort of like problems I was finally able to find a school that works for me mm-hmm. I keep searching keep working you know and things are gonna work out you know mm-hmm. like don't stress too much just do your job and everything will come naturally yeah I think that's like being patient with you know your journey like your individual journey is so important um because yeah it takes you know sometimes it's the first school you fall in love with you're happy it's great it's fine for some people maybe they'll never find the school or maybe they'll be stuck in the same one and they'll kind of regret their training for a long time that happens too and then sometimes you know it takes a bit longer and that's also fine like that's the thing like we're all each of our journeys is going to be so so different and I think that's 
there's also a lot of beauty in that because then that's like what makes life kind of interesting um <laughs> without just getting like too philosophical um but kind of enjoying the process and enjoying the journey that isn't you know that has its ups and downs is really important just to accept and just ride with it um so yeah I think your your journey is being is like a perfect example of that and being patient in the program being patient in the process um so yeah thank you Carla for kind of like chatting about that today um I'm sure the listeners really enjoyed it (laughs) thank you no worries is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up for today Um, I just, you know, want to say, you know, the last few words is to, I know like nowadays it's really like common to compare yourself to others, Mm -hmm. um, but you never know what's really happening. And you only, especially with social media, you only see the the best version and like the 0.5% of themselves. So never get stuck in a bad headspace and just always remember why you started and that you should know that there is going to be a good the perfect place for you Mm -hmm. you know sooner than later you're going to find that place but please please believe in yourself and in your power because you're so strong everyone is stronger Mm -hmm. than they think so if I believe in you, you should believe in yourself. Mm. And also, congratulations, Rami, for your contract. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh. No, it's okay. It's been, it was great to have you on. Um, I really enjoyed chatting to you for the second time. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> before we wrap up, where can the listeners find you on the uh, socials? Yeah, so Instagram and TikTok, um, they're at uh, C-A-R-L-I-S-F-I-L-M. So Carly's Film. Okay, I will link those all below. Don't you worry. Thank you so much for having me once again. I truly no worries. Conversation. Thank you. And thank you for, you know, creating this podcast for all the dancers and artists out there because it truly helps. Aww. Like therapeutic for me you know I listen to it I'm just like they know what's happening and they're so honest about it that you know I think it really helps everyone out there so thank you so much for doing no this no worries <laughs> it's all right no worries at all anything um no it's been I love doing it so I'm you know it's never great. stop, never stop. <laughs> <laughs> no keep going, keep going. Um, exactly um yeah so let's wrap up there thank you Carla for coming on um and thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode I hope you enjoyed it I hope you learned something from it um you can find the hardcore podcast on Instagram at the under dash hardcore under dash podcast I think that's it um so make sure to give us a follow over there I say give us give me a follow um and give Carla a follow And without further ado, we're done. Thank you very much.